0: Christman, I'll be your host. We're looking at creative habits. Is it the aha moment or is it the habit? This week on the Creative Habits Podcast, we've got Alex Macy, writer, broadcaster, and voiceover artist. She's the author of two funny and incredibly quirky children's magical fantasy books. Her website is AlexDMacy.com. Oh, Welcome Alex
1: Macy. Um, formerly Alex Bates, before I got married. Um, and um, I live in the UK, as you can tell from Um And I live in a little village called Condal, which is near Farnham in Hampshire.
0: Now, is that far from, is that like a larger city or is it more like a really small? No,
1: it's a, it's a town. It's a relatively small town, but it's a very it's a very kind of Georgian town. So it's very quaint. Um, with beautiful architecture and, and really lovely shops, and um, very, very quintessentially English, should we say? Um, uh, it's, it's beautiful. It is lovely, but it's no. It's I'm I'm probably um, it, to give you an idea. I'm probably about um, I don't know about 45 miles away from London. So not 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 far. Um, so we're kind of on the suburbs. We come under Surrey, Hampshire, and Surrey is one of the suburbs of of London. So we're very close to a big city, but no. We moved out of the big city to to move um because um, I was pregnant when we moved out to the country and and it was quite important for us to bring the children up in the country environment so that's why we moved out. home.
0: Yeah, and it's been worthwhile to be out in the in the country, right? Uh, oh, you, you don't absolutely. miss the city anyway.
1: Uh, uh. Yes and no when we were in where we were in the city um' where, where we're kind of still on the outskirts of the city there's like varying degrees as i'm sure you you have the same thing yourself there's varying degrees of when you're in the city and when you're slightly out of the city and even more out the city and even even more out the city um and where we were was we had our own kind of very small town within the suburbs and to be able to just walk down the the high street for Five minutes. Well, not even five minutes. It took about two minutes to walk into the high street. You could go out for dinner in the evenings, and there was all sorts of bars and things, which was lovely. Um, I miss that because where we are now, I have to get in the car to go anywhere. I mean, literally, even if I want to just drive to the shops or get some petrol, get some diesel, I have to get in the car. So. Of course, I have to get in the car to get diesel. What am I saying? Um, but if I want to go to the shops to get anything, I have to get in the car. So. Yeah.
0: So there isn't that walkability now. When you were in the city, you were uh, um, working for the BBC then.
1: Yeah, that was. Um, I was well. I was actually living in a, in a completely different county then. Um, it was. It was about probably about two hundred miles away from where we eventually moved to. Um, but previously, you know, when I worked for the BBC, I was working in um, um, in a Suffolk. In a, in, a, in a county called Suffolk, um, which is probably about a hundred miles away from London. And um, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a local radio station there that I was a presenter at um, for quite a few years. I had my own program and it was a hard thing to leave, but um, I kind of upsticked and left and moved away and moved to London for a few months and then moved out to where we are now. So it was a big decision to leave my career
0: yeah and now you're you're making this transition uh, you, you were saying before making kind of a transition into writing now you've uh, been uh, working on content recently what uh, what has that been
1: Um that oh, recently um well the, the the current the two current books that are published now are um a series this is the beginning of a series because so it's only actually two the first two books becoming an arachnid um, which was um a play on words um it's, um, <laughs> it's i, I can 't I, I giggle when I say it because it it still makes me laugh um um it 's about a spider, so being um, um an arachnid um it was about oh goodness me, it must have been about twenty two years ago um a previous relationship that I was in he He and I were giggling one day about wouldn 't it be funny to have um who wore an anorak because he would be an anorak myth, um, and it just started from there about 22 years ago. And um, so you say recently, I mean that's that kind of I started writing it then, but shelved it until about six seven years ago, and I picked it back up again. Um, and so yeah, that's been a that that's been my life for the last six years. It's taken me six years to finish writing the two books, which was one initially, but i separated it and made it into two. Um, The first one on a a cliffhanger.
0: Yeah. Now, what made you pick it up uh, uh, off the shelf again to uh, you know kind of revitalize Uh, and the the work you had before? What what inspired that?
1: In in honesty, I I think I was I was in a lull in my career. Um, um, I was doing voiceovers but um, when I when I left the BBC and I moved back to London it was very difficult because I gave up a, an, an agent to go to the BBC, I gave up a, voice, um, a voiceover agent and um, um, it was very difficult to then get myself another voiceover agent again so I was struggling, really struggling to get work and I thought you know, what am I going to do to fill my time? This was before I I, I was pregnant. And um, so I just thought, right, well, you know, let's go back and revisit uh, what was just then called anarachnid, and um, did a bit of research on, you know, the style of writing I wanted to do. Um, and that was it, really. So I just, it was, that's as simple as it was. I, there was a lull in my career, and I just decided that I just needed to do something um, to fill my time. Right. So
0: but it, but it was inspired a, a while ago, so it was sitting there waiting for you. And much like creative endeavors, it just you, you kind of can't help but think about it all the time. And now you 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 know you had the free moment to to pick that off the shelf and and uh, you know revitalize it, which is a great opportunity. Now, when you when you did and you know did six years, I'm I'm not sure. You know, during that time, was that writing or was it more like you picked it up and then um had to put it down because of kids and then you picked it up and put it down what was that process like
1: um I picked it up again um way before probably about 18 months before children um and I I wrote pretty much most of it and then when uh, during the pregnancy because I couldn't work doing anything else I basically just you know, went won't fall pelt into it, but my goal really was um, to try and get a publisher or an agent and so I concentrated really hard on the first um, kind of 50, 50 pages of getting it, I mean I didn't write the whole book um, and then send it out, I just wrote probably about half of it, um, but when, because obviously the agents and, and publishers just want the first, either the first three chapters or the first kind of 50 pages so I wanted to get that completely right. And I thought, well, if they're interested in it, then they're going to ask for the rest of it. So the process of, of starting it six years ago was probably by the time my first sorry, my first child came on, was um, Maya. She's now six. She's now, yeah, she's now six. So um, when I was pre- very, 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 very heavily pregnant with her, I concentrated on writing it. And then I put it down. I probably was about three quarters of the way through it. Um, and then... Um, I literally dropped it. I had to I sent I lo- I sent lots and lots of um um manuscripts out the first fifty pages to lots and lots of um of um publishers and, and agents and just thought, well, well there it is. I've thrown it out there. I can't do anything now because I'm just about to have a baby. And um that's what I did and you know, I kept getting my lovely, lovely, lovely rejection letters through me um through the door, which was, was always a bonus. <laughs> um and um I sat on it then for um, probably about, um, well, another, I don't know, I guess, really. I mean, I had Maya, my daughter, and then when I was eight months, she was she was eight months old, I fell pregnant with my son. So then I sat on it um, for probably about another 18 months. So I didn't pick it up again until um, probably about three years ago, and I finished it about two years ago. And does that make sense <laughs> am yeah. i making
0: sense? The, the, right you it, it does yeah so what what kept you you know um actively motivated during that that time that stretch of time um
1: My husband pushing me saying come on we've got a mortgage today go and make uh, lots of money.
0: <laughs>
1: he was so he loved the concept he loved the idea of it and he just kept pushing me and pushing me and saying you could do this, you could make lots of money. I mean, that's not why I did it. That's not why I did it initially. I did it for plasma satisfaction, really. Um, the motivation was I knew I had something, and whenever I spoke to anybody about it, take the bias out of it, because they're my friends or my family, and they love me. Um, there was something there, and they really, really believed in it, and I really believed in it because they did. Um, and every time I spoke about the concept and the story and the characters, I would just be filled with this immense love and light, and just this: "I've got to do this. I have got to do this," and that's what drove me I think, to keep just to keep holding on and doing it.
0: Right. So, it, 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 so almost inexplainable. So it was, it was more the feeling you got from. The process of writing and discovery with the characters
1: I think that... it was the, yeah I think it was the characters that drove me not the actual process of writing because if I'm honest I really don't I, I the process of writing scared the hell out of me I I will dilly-dally and I will... Something or go and eat another jar of peanut butter or something um, before sitting down and writing because I delay the process of writing because it scares me. I think, what if I don't get it right? What if I get it wrong? And I, I, I'm one of those people that just fall, just sit back and do everything possible to delay going to write. Um, so I don't enjoy the process of writing, but when I am writing and I'm in it and I'm flowing. I love it, but then I go and spoil it because I can be in the flow of writing and I can write, you know, tens of pages and I'm tap 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 away and I'm I'm, I'm so in the flow of it and so you know connected to the characters. I then get up and think I need to eat <laughs> <laughs> because I have this thing where when i when I'm really connected, I have to eat um, and it's normally something of the sugar variety. <laughs> um, and I will go through tins of biscuits, literally, while I'm typing, and but that interrupts my flow, <laughs> and then I get frustrated at myself, and then I stop the writing. So <laughs> it defeats the whole object.
0: So when when you're starting, because that's that's the moment that is most difficult. It sounds like uh, for you, once you get started, you're in the flow, and and it it goes. But that initial start process, have you figured out ways that? Um, you know, short shorten that a bit, so um a particular habit or two where you're you know, maybe some music or or something that kind of just jump starts you so it, it make making that easier or is it always just a daunting task and you just bear it?
1: Um no it's not always daunting. I get very, very motivated and inspired when I if I watch if I'm watching a kid's movie with the kids and I really like it and the storyline's good. I just, I just, I literally, as soon as I finish watching it, I will go to my laptop um, or grab the nearest piece of pen and paper, and I will write down notes, the things that, um, within that storyline, that have inspired me. Um, I, I don't, I don't completely dislike the whole writing process, but what I do find that I need for my creative motiva- motivation, as it were, is to go to some, some children's books that I just, I will sit and I will. I mean, I'm you know, 45 years old, and my children are the age, you know, six and five. But the books that I'm reading them, sometimes they make me laugh out loud, a real belly laugh, and I know that that the humour in it is for an adult as opposed to for the child, and that's what motivates me. If you've read and looked at my books, um, or looked at some of the, you know, I have a very very quirky style, and if I read somebody. Um, who is quirky and just hits and pushes my button, then um, that inspires me and motivates me. And then I love it. I can't wait to sit down and just start writing. I don't want to copy them. I just feel motivated by them.
0: So when, when, uh, an author inspires you to help that belly laugh or, and, and you react emotionally in different ways, then you take that and you, you kind of drive it into your own, uh, writing, uh, and yeah. so you can sit down. So, and, and so that comes from the books and sometimes from movies you, you mentioned, are there, uh, other areas like, do you ever, you know, go and you're talking to friends or, uh, kids, uh, you, you know, um their their kids and you know some interactions happen and you you jot down notes and do you ever take from real life situation i mean, real life so to speak uh, i know the books are inspired by real life but
1: um yes but probably more both both the books that i have at the moment and the third one is in in kind of in the process um both the books are probably more inspired from my own life and the things that happen for me, um, because I because my writing is geared more towards the slightly older. I mean, it's I say, I mean, the writing is the style is very simple. But you could read my books to um, a five or six year old, as I have done, and they get it. Um, but you have, you have to read it to them, obviously. But because my books are, are kind of geared a slightly older, I'm only talking kind of you know seven or eight years old. Um, the type of children I surround myself with don't, I don't, yeah, the inspiration is not the same. I would say, um, in answer to your question, probably no, I don't Mm -hmm. look at children and be inspired by what comes out of the child's mouth. I'm more inspired about the quirky angle that adults look at a child's life. Right. Does that make sense?
0: Yes. Yes, it does. And do you ever have kids, you, you know read a bit of what you've written to see their reaction or is it yeah
1: yeah i haven't i haven't actually been in front of a child who's read my book but i have had feedback from children who have read my book books and they they do i mean you know i'm, I'm clearly i'm biased but they do love them and they want to know more about the characters and they want to know why the characters do certain things um so um Yeah, I've not actually ever been in front of a child
0: who's read it, and I, you know, I'm not looking at reactions and things from them. Right, right. Yeah, that's. So these are so far the projects have been long term projects, and it's how how do you stay focused um, for that long term? You know, because a lot of times with long term projects, you can you you know you have distractions, uh, shiny objects, and you know just things that you could could be doing. how have you remained focused through that?
1: Um, that's, that's um, it. To be quite honest with you, have I stayed focused? I probably <laughs> haven't. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> having two children that take up all of my time. I mean, my youngest has only just started um, primary school, which they start at kind of from from four here in the UK Um so this is really only in the last few months this is the first time I've had any time to be able to completely focus on it what what I have done over the years is when I've been when I've been writing I just think I know it's boring and I'm you know <laughs> I'm sorry to not have some really lovely dynamic answer but my my life is so busy with the children that to be I, I, I find moments here and there um, some, I, something I read for 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 one of them will just make me think I really need to pick up and start writing again um, so there isn't anything that's the motivation I think throughout my years has been I need to get it finished I need to get it published and I need to get it out there and there is has always been something tapping me on the head I'm, I'm an incredibly spiritual person and I'm very I do work on a very deep level, and, and, and for me, for me, this might sound a bit kooky, but for me, there has always been an element of something driving me on, and I and I don't mean it's me, I just mean it feels like some of the book, books, or some of the words and the chapters have been have been um, channeled, if, if that's the right word, I don't know, it's like I can write 10 pages, get to the end of the 10th page and think, that wasn't me. I didn't like that. And I read back and I'm laughing. I'm laughing at what I've written and i think thinking, that's not me. That's not me. So the motivation is something within me, whether it's outside of me, within me, needs this to be done. And so it's just, I've been driven and driven and driven. That probably sounds like a really lame answer and I'm really sorry. No,
0: actually it's not. I've uh, There are many popular writers, William Blake and, and others who... Um, uh actually uh describe the same thing it's it's a channeling where they don't say it's 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 from elsewhere that the yeah. writing will come and y- you are a channel and you just let it flow through and that's the the bit about creativity that is you know in in writing that you just have to release rather than trying to control and uh yeah no it totally makes sense i very much uh understand <laughs>
1: I think sometimes when I, when I stop and think about it too much, when I stop and I think where is this character going now? I, I will just sit there and I'll look at the screen and I just think well, I've just got to pick it up. So I get up and I'll walk away and I'll go and eat something else. <laughs> hmm. um, and then I'll come back to it another time. Well not another time but I might come back to it, you know, kind of within within minutes or within hours. Um, but when I, I know that when I'm trying too hard and I'm thinking too hard that's when I'm blocked. i just got to kind of sit there and let it flow. And whatever comes out, whatever I start typing, if it's wrong, I'll go back and visit it another time. I just need to get it out what's there now and just let the ideas flow. And that's when I know that kind of something else is taking over with that.
0: Yes. Yes, definitely. Now, you've, you're you very um, busy with everything and your kids, so where do you find the time to write? Like, when do you write uh, best? When do you do your, your work best?
1: Um, always at night, and I'm sure you have heard this so many times. I, 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 I will be up until one or two o'clock in the morning. I would love to be one of these one of these writers that gets up at three o'clock in the morning, having had a couple of hours sleep and starts writing before the kids get up and then does the whole kind of school stuff. Um, but there have been times when I have set the alarm to get myself up. Um and the alarm's gone off on so like, no ways, which are go back to sleep. <laughs> um, but I, I would say that once the kids have gone to bed, probably about kind of seven seven o'clock, half seven, um, I, I will sometimes give up dinner um, in the evening just to kind of, I just say well, right. as soon as they gone to bed, I'm going to sit down and write. It doesn't always work because I'm checking emails and things. And I think once I've wound down from the day, my best time is probably around about 10 or 11 o'clock in the evening. And I'll go through till kind of midnight, 1 o'clock. Um, everything's quiet. Um, everything's switched off. And I've switched off. Um, and I'll, I will have gone into the kitchen at some point and I will have helped myself to a glass of wine or two. Um okay. because that helps me, <laughs> because that helps you not mind from the day. I, I don't say I need that because that just sounds horrendous. But um, you know, I, I kind of just need something to switch me off from whatever floats your boat and that kind of just happens to be mine. Um and I'll sit there and, and then my, my brain empties and then I can just sit there and go, ah, right, it's going to be right about. Um, but my downfall is at, at the moment, although um I desperately should be writing third um, in the series. Um, I've, I've yet been able to really take too much time with my laptop because um, I've been too busy promoting the other two. And I do know that you shouldn't stop writing to promote. Um, unfortunately, this is building a platform for yourself is one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. And um, so anyway, that's I'm I'm, I'm digressing. Sorry.
0: Yes. No. the 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 platform is essential, uh, and it, it, it you know once you do get it in place, it, it, it does. It's a little bit easier to maintain. But that initial um, process of setting your home base, uh, uh, so to speak, is um, a little time consuming. Um, but but very worthwhile. Um, uh, you know, with um, with all that you're, you know, kind of uh, juggling. And and you you find those moments uh, at night to write. Do you also take moments throughout the day to kind of like catch um, notes here and there, or is it pretty much you rely upon your uh, memory for that, like catch
1: No, I'm thinking constantly. I'm always thinking. I will wait before before um, before I need to get up in the morning. I might wake up really early, and um, and I'll just be laying there thinking about. What I want to write what where where my next inspiration is coming from, and then I look at it and I think, well if I did it this way, how would this happen at The at the moment my my problem is is motivation with not starting I mean the third the third book <laughs> has been sitting there on my laptop um and I must have about I don't know seventy different beginnings to it waiting for me to to, to find the confidence to 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 know which one of those beginnings I want to go with, um, and I'm, I'm not necessarily saying that's the right way to write, but I keep delaying, I keep delaying doing it, I keep delaying it because I'm thinking, what if I get the wrong one? I know that's wrong. I know that's wrong. And that's just me, um, my confidence. But um, I'm constantly thinking throughout the day and making notes um, and. You know something might catch my eye and i think oh that's what i want to take midnight that's what i want to do with it that's what i want to do with it so no i don't rely just on the evening um no i, I think it's a, it's just it's on my mind the whole time i live breathe and sleep and eat it
0: yeah nice so um you, your you, um your journey into that uh creative uh process um it, you know, when when you're transitioning from, um, you know, the rest of the world to to start writing, you uh, mainly is it just that nighttime routine like um, uh, that, that kind of gets you there. Now, early on, you, you've gotten into that process, you know, so because you've gone gone through a couple of books. But early on, um, how did you kind of discover your uh, methods uh your are the best ways to that uh to, to get the words down basically did you did uh, you do out, a certain amount of output like a thousand words a day and do you carry that through now or is it more just you write until you're tired and then you know
1: i write until i'm tired pretty much but my 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 thing is i will um if i know i need to write rather than just sit down at the laptop and, and open it up and hope for the best I, I will go to books that inspire me. Um, yeah. Not not so much the books that inspire me; it's the authors that inspire me. The way they've the this style of writing, um, and I and I will read a few chapters and I think, right there I am, and and, and 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 then inspiration comes, and then I just sit down and I kind of want to get into the same mentality mm-hmm. as as the author that wrote something that inspired me. Um, I I have to when I write. The person that you're listening to now is is not the person that writes um, my stories. I become a character. And, and if you knew me in real life and you read my books, you would not know that they were the same person at all. I become a character, so I have to get myself into that character before I can write. And this is a... An ongoing argument with my husband, who just says to me, "Why can't you just sit down and write?" It's like, just sit down, do some writing. It just—it doesn't work for me like that. I have to get myself into this character, and this character is quirky and, and humorous and kind of offbeat and not normal. <laughs>
0: do do you wear certain things to you, you know like do you get into character that way or is it more just a a mental focus uh, because you know sometimes different things you know maybe holding the glass of wine but but also a hat or a scarf or you know something that's just quirky uh, not, not that a hat and a scarf is quirky but just you know a, a particular type of hat or scarf i don't know but it, do you use anything like that to kind of get into character so to speak do you go that far or is it more
1: no, no, it's normal, no, <laughs> like <you laughs> right. know, fishing, fishing attire or something, no, no, it's like no, my swimming costume, no, <laughs> no, not really, I just, I, I do find that, you know, um, because of the time of day and because the children have gone to bed and my mind is is empty, just literally picking up a book and reading some inspirational kind of um plant on life, I think that's what it is, it's looking at someone else's interpretation of, I don't know, uh, because because I'm not straight, I'm not straight in that I won't write normally, that's not going to make sense to you at all, but I don't write, um, I don't write with, um, and this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, I kind of, I'm slightly off. I'm slightly offbeat with it and looking at it looking at things from a slightly kind of quirky angle so getting dressed up in a in a in I I don't know you know maybe I should be putting a hat and scarf on and seeing where that takes me because <laughs> maybe that will work I don't know but normally it's just words from other authors
0: and what you, you mentioned uh, that authors in, inspire you what, what, who are a, a couple that that you rely upon to kind of get you into that quirky mode
1: um i don't know if i ever say this right but his name's pseudonymous Bosch. have you heard of him he's a he's a kind of a middle grade um um american author um it's 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 it, i think i always say it wrong because it's always felt really long pseudonymous Bosch, and he just has this really oh i don't know i i, I can't describe it but you have to read it to believe it just it, he he digresses constantly, and that's my style. I like to just digress in a in a in a still in an entertaining way that's not you know. So there's him, um, there's um, Cressida Cowell who wrote the um, How to Become How to Train Your Dragon series. She's also got kind of a an offbeat, not quite so the same as as Bosch. Um, um I'm sure that's wrong. I'm going to have to look at that afterwards and see yeah. how. But
0: if you send me some links I'll put those in the show notes too and and that way people can um you know see see them that way. Uh, okay. Yeah, that would be great. Now so um are you familiar with the hero's journey?
1: Yes. Yeah, it was about being bullied and just not allowing that to affect me and to try and make myself bigger and better than than that person. My my mum um, kind of left when I was 18 months old and my dad brought my sister and myself up and that was very hard, we lived with um, my dad, is, you know, as, as lovely as a man as he is, was very unable to give that love that a mother and you know, don't take, want to take it away from any dads because dads give the love but in a very different way and I think I missed out on on a mother's love and so mine was kind of having no self-confidence and very little self-esteem, having a mother that left me and kind of trying to turn myself around so that, one, I wasn't like that with my own children. I could never leave my children, but, but, but to just, um, I don't know, just to, 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 to pick yourself up from those bad things. I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but just to pick yourself up from those bad things in the face of all adversity, and and just teach yourself to not allow those things to bother you. I didn't realize when I was writing the books. I didn't realize when I was writing them that I was actually writing my own life story. Um, and you know, within the books, if I can if I can kind of use that as a parallel, as a as a as, a, as an analogy, the character in the, the hero within the book is is orphaned. He lost his parents and was bullied, is bullied and he kind of he has no self confidence and um feels he's absolutely petrified of, of everything. Um and it's about finding the confidence. He finds the confidence within within a magic what he thinks is a magic coat. Um and when he wears this coat, he feels that he can do absolutely anything. And he becomes a bit of a superhero, which is why he becomes known as Anorak knit, Because as soon as he puts this Anorak on, this coat, I don't know if the translation, the American English translation here, but an Anorak is, is like a form of, 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 of um, raincoat here in the UK I don't know if that translates within within the US but um, so he becomes known as this anorak uh, anorak nig because he wears his raincoat and he feels that when he puts his raincoat on he can do absolutely anything but but what actually it, it transpires is that um, it's not that the raincoat is magic it's that, that he has found his inner um, he's found the key to what makes him feel special and he becomes this person that can do anything because he suddenly starts to believe in himself again. Um, and I think that without realising that actually was I was writing about myself, I realise now, not quite the second, but obviously over the last few years, that I was writing about myself because I did find my inner, um, I did find things that I was really, really good at, um, not being conceited about it, but you know, I mean there are things that were all some things I'm really bad at and some things I'm good at and I found what I was good at. Um and that made and that gave me the confidence to become the person I am today. And within within the the story there is a, a, a fairy that presents Nid with these Nid the hero presents Nid with these kind of scrolls that give him life lessons and the life lessons help him to kind of become a better person or become a, a different person to, to build that confidence up. So that in the end, he realizes that the coat wasn't magic and in actual fact he was. Um, and that's it, where I am, I think. It's not about what I acquire in my life or, you know, it, it, it's, about, it's about me and how I feel about myself and looking back on what I did have to deal with. It's, it's, Realizing that I'm not going to run out the Does that make sense?
0: Yes. Now, did you have a couple of raincoats along the way, so to speak?
1: <laughs> um, did I have a couple kind of raincoats along the way? Um, yeah, I would say they were probably in the form of relationships.
0: Um, Certain relationships,
1: yeah, and it is, isn't it? It's like these people that make you feel good about yourself, and um, and and you think it's them that's making you feel good. When actually, what they're real, what they're making you do is realize that realizing that you have the answers within yourself. It's not about how good someone else can make you feel. It's about how good you can make you feel when you find the things that make you feel good um, that give you that that Boost. We all have days when suddenly we just feel really good and we don't know why, and it's that it, it's those little moments that kind of build up and give you the big kind of aha moment where you just think, oh, I'm actually all right, I'm okay.
0: <laughs> you know, I think a lot of kids will, you know, can identify with that, and adults obviously, and and um, I, I, it's interesting the the bullying aspect because I think that you know, in schools uh, has been called out more you know to light um, do, do do you think things have changed much since you were um, uh, growing up to to when you the, the school system your kids are in now do you think things have have improved as far as bullying goes or
1: um, it's hard to say really because my children aren 't at the age where mm-hmm. And they're not at a school that, you know, it kind of has to deal with that. Although having said that, it, it does I mean my, my my daughter's in year one, she's six and she's in year one, around kind of age seven, eight, they're so going into years two and three. Um, I think it starts then and you do start to see it, but I don't think it's changed. I think children I don't th- I think children will always um some children will always have a need to bully another child because it makes them feel better about themselves. And actually, it's that, child that, it's that child that's bullying that has a real issue with themselves, which is why they feel they need to kind of transfer that onto somebody else. I don't think it's changed. If I'm honest, I, I wouldn't think so. By, by seeing what I see, I think it still goes on today. I would like to think that the schools recognize it more um and kind of deal with it because when I was bullied, it it really wasn't taken in hand, it wasn't taken seriously at all. When I, mean, I had, you know, a girl that stood behind a door in one of the classrooms and literally grabbed me by the throat and pinned me down to the table and nothing was done about it. But, you know, and she the same girl came up to me once when we were in the field at, at, at break time and um she came and stomped on my leg and when it was complained about, you know, and I kind of cried and went to the, to the teachers and they're like, Oh you no know, don't worry, dust yourself off. I'd like to think that something was a bit more seriously done by us at the time.
0: Yes. Did you ever see that person when uh, later in life? Did you? Ever, were you able to full circle? You know, come full circle with that?
1: No. I guess um, no, she was um, because we moved around a lot. She was at a um, menial school. Um, I, I, th- I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm talking to you, and I, I think I, the reason I felt that I was bullied is because um, going to so many different schools I felt it's hard for a child I mean I certainly wouldn't do it to my children but it's hard to go into a new environment where everybody has established friendships and things and you go in and I think that I overcompensated and I became overly confident and portrayed myself to be a different person to who I really was Um, and I think that the bullying happened because I went in there and, and kind of looked like I was saying I'm better than you. Um, I digressed again. Sorry, that's just me. Sorry. Yeah. No. Sorry. It,
0: it's yes. It's it's part of that um, journey. So that all all that enabled you to write the story. But but it's interesting because that story is so much uh, a part of you, and yet when you write. It's not you, Uh, but you say it flows through you, which uh, very much makes sense, but it's also that that part of you, you you become a a different character, you said, but it's such a part of you. So there's that interesting dynamic between the two.
1: It's interesting that I, listening to you say that back, because I've never had this conversation with somebody, it's like I detach myself from the person that it happened to, so it's like, it, it, I'm writing about it, but it didn't. It's like it didn't happen to me. It's it's an alter ego that's talking about it. And it's interesting. I've never thought about it like that before. But yeah, there is a detachment there because yes, I'm writing about me, and it's really only in the last year or so, and this has been going on for a long time. This, but it's only really in the last year ago that I can actually identify with that character being me. Interestingly, it's like I haven't even looked at it and thought I'm going to write a story about myself but not be connected to it I've never done that but it's interesting listening to you talk because clearly I have written a story about myself but detached myself from
0: that person it gave you the freedom to write it uh being somewhat detached oh and you you know I you say the writing is quirky and I was wondering do you consider yourself quirky you know so that it you know is it is that part of you that's, that's there too, that, that kind of quirkiness?
1: I'm so glad you asked me that question because at heart, I think I am that quirky person. But I think if I were to act that quirky person, I would be worried about what people would think about me. Interestingly, and you know, I had this very conversation with my husband last night because we were—he was watching a television program and I was sitting there, with my laptop as always working. And there were there was a fly on the wall documentary, and there were a couple. There was a couple on there, and they were bickering. Um, they were married and very happily married. They were sitting on a sofa and they were holding each other's hands, and they were bickering. And she was really. Hostile to him, and he was really hostile to her. But at the same time, it was—I say hostile—it was like a banter they had. Clearly, she was annoyed with him, and he was annoyed with her, and they were having this banter. And I—I I looked at my husband. and I said, "I wish I could be like that with you, because I know if I was, because she was being quirky, and she wasn't really annoyed with him, but she was kind of taking the— Would you understand what if I said if I said I'm taking? He was, she was taking the Mickey out of him. We call it taking the Mickey. It's um. It's like oh, I don't know how you'd say it in the u s um, it's kind of jovially
0: gone giving him a hard time is it just uh, or is it is it more than that taking the taking the Mickey out yes, um it's,
1: taking the Mickey means um kind of um being annoyed, but saying it in such a way that's kind of being jovial, but at the same time you know they're uh, it's so difficult. The translation is, it take, I wouldn't know how to say it, but it's like, it's endearing. It's like you're annoyed with them, but you say something in such a way that you're getting your point across, you're annoyed, but at the same time, you know they're being light-hearted about it.
0: Kind of like so the, the odd couple or, or the, those yeah, kind of
1: scenarios. Exactly, yes. And I said, I wish you could be like that with because he's so sensitive, and I couldn't be like that. And it did get me thinking, and it's interesting that you've raised that question, because it did get me thinking today that I am the person that writes those books. I am that quirky person, but I don't allow myself to be that person in real life. If I got the opportunity, I would love to be that person. I love the person who writes. I love the the Alex B. Macy, because it's my pen name. I love the Alex B. Macy um, that isn't the Alex Macy, If that makes sense. Certain yeah. people. Sorry, I'm going to get what Certain people that you that I meet. I don't know if you find this, but when you're around certain people, some people make you feel very serious, and you just think you can't be yourself around them. And some people make you feel like and you think I think I'll be talking to some to a certain person. I think, holy, that wasn't me. It's they they bring out something, an energy in in one person can make you feel entirely different to an energy in another person. And you can go into a room full of people and meet such diverse characters. And every single person you talk to at a party, you could be funny with one person but serious with another because they're making you feel serious. There's a way you can't be with them that you can be with somebody else. And I think that's what I long to be. I long to be Alex B. Macy, but I am Alex Macy, if that makes sense.
0: It's very interesting. Yes, it does make sense, but it, but it, it's interesting to put it that way. I, I think it's um, probably a part of the process as you go through and write more. It, you probably become more of the, the, the writer uh, that you are. That's working. very true.
1: I have been. I have definitely become, especially since the books have been published and they're about, they're out now, and people they kind of almost expect me to be that person and I can find myself, I do find myself being more that person. It's easier to be that person. My my family, it's my sister and my niece who just think I'm totally bonkers because I'm scatty and I'm forgetful and I'm always late and I, and I just have this real kind of, when I'm explaining something, as you probably noticed, I digress and I go off here, there and everywhere and they just laugh at me, they think that's funny. Um, so if I if people that I meet, you know, people that certainly some of the parents at the school who know me, but I, I'm using no in, in quotes because they don't really know me. But they don't identify that person that wrote the book with the person they see in the playground. Um, whereas, it, you know, and if I it, they, when they're reading the book to their children, they laugh because they say, I can't believe you are that person that wrote that book. Whereas if I spoke to my sister and my niece about it, they'd say, well, you're just Alex B. Macy. You are so that person. So it's interesting, the perception that people have. So to some people, I am Alex B. Macy. But to some people, I'm just this, you know, character. that's just Alex Macy, mum of two, wife, you know.
0: Well, it's great that you have that freedom to bounce between the two.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd like to be Alex B. Macy full time, I think. Although it would be tiring because Alex B. Macy is, 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 it has a, a very odd way of looking at life and and looks at it from a compl- from a child's angle, I guess, really. It's like Alex B. Macy never grew up, but Alex Macy had to grow up. Hmm. That's kind of another way of looking at it.
0: Yeah. Nice. Any any last words that you wanted to impart about creative habits or any, anything in general?
1: Um. I just think if there, I think if there's, there will be people that are listening to this that, that are probably desperate to pick up a pen or to start writing. I think that, you know, and it's such a cliche, there is a book in everybody, um, but it's whether or not you feel the confidence to, I mean, people will say, oh, I wouldn't know how to write, you know, I, I wouldn't, I've got, you know, I've got lots to say, but I wouldn't know how to write. If you take, in your head that, that, that we're a child we lose our, we lose that um, innocence when we get older and when we're children we are great storytellers. The, the, when I watch my children and they're role playing and they play beautifully and the role play between the two of them because they're such so close in age is amazing to watch and it's so inspirational as soon as they know I'm watching they stop they lose that confidence and I think it's that same confidence that we have as we get older that makes us stop connecting with that inner child and you don't necessarily have to be childlike you just have to find that the confidence and the inhibitions that you had as a child find that within yourself again because within every single one of us, we're like um, we're like a bubble that's that's you know like these bubbles we blow the children have these bubbles we blow them each one of those bubbles that comes out of that little hole is is a whole world within itself and that's us and if you just pop one of those bubbles it's like um it's like our own little um it's just like saying within every single one of us there is this. This bubble of personality that's just waiting to be popped and heard. Um, and I just think if you are, if you are someone that really desperately wants to start writing but don't know where to begin, just write a line. Because when you write that line, something else comes, it's automatic. And just don't stop until you've finished. And then, you know, you might have to edit it and edit it and edit it and do drafts and drafts and drafts, but just, you know, don't give up on your dream and. On your, on your, on your, there are so many great ways of being heard now with the, with the whole onslaught of indie authors that are coming out and you can you know you can you can write a book, have it edited and put it on Amazon you know, and, and someone will want to read it. It's just don't, don't give up if you are someone that's, that's listening and, and desperately want to um, find the confidence to do it. You know, I didn't have the confidence, and I just did it, and I've done it, and I'm very, you know, Steve said And I've digressed again. <laughs> Sorry.
0: No, I think that it's it's words of wisdom, definitely. The, the, the that the bubble popping in the personality is, is exactly. it's a fun visual.
1: Absolutely. I think what you've done, what you're doing, is is brilliant. As far as I'm concerned, just talking to you about it is is has raised. So many questions in my head. Not not bad questions, but just things that I think to myself. You know, I didn't know that about myself, and, and it's made me kind of realise that there are avenues I can go down with what you've said, because you've raised some points that um that that I hadn't thought of before. So I think this whole process is great, and I'm and I'm hoping that anybody, obviously everybody else that's done it previously, has has, has um has had the same inspiration and 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 many more to come that you speak to. I think what you're doing is great because it certainly helps me.
0: That concludes our podcast here with Creative Habits. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Stay tuned next week and continue our journey into Creative Habits